dead deer's voice. Welcome back to the 573 Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Evers, and on today's episode, Travis and I are sitting down with Howard Owen, a.k.a. Travis's father, to talk about chasing these turkeys. On today's episode, we are talking about some hunting stories that Travis and his father have been on and some of the perspective that Howard brings to the table with his experience and his perception of hunting these turkeys. So it was a really great time, a really great conversation we had. Howard is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to hunting turkeys, whether he's, you know, chasing dogs, um, using dogs to chase coyotes and uh, chasing after these turkeys. He knows a thing or two about being in the outdoors. So we really appreciated having him on. And uh, if you guys have been enjoying these episodes, then go ahead and tap that subscribe button and give us a five-star rating. We would really appreciate it. It goes a long ways. Um, also, leave us a review. Let us know what you guys are enjoying, what you guys don't like. And uh, we try to you know, look at those reviews as something to work off of to make our podcast even better. But enough of me ranting. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode with Howard and Travis. I hope you guys enjoy. Because hunting by itself sometimes is hard. Yeah. And then you bring a camera along and it's like, it gets 10 times harder. <laughs> like I've, I've never, I've went on several hunts with a camera and I've never killed a bird on film, but then like I'll leave the camera at home and I'll freaking smoke one. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works. You know, the, the birds are camera shy. Right. That's no lie. And last year I was super lucky. Dude, to I can I still can't believe you did that. Self-filmed a gobbler. Yeah. I saw the, I he saw gets, the video. Yeah. He did. Awesome. Yeah. man. Yep. Yeah, no, that was, I set that up hoping that that would work and, and I brought did. a couple different angles perfect. and yeah, it came, he came in on a string now. And then, uh, you and Sam, you got one or you, did you get that on video? Yeah. We doubled up. Okay. Yeah. You got, yeah. They doubled up on video. That, I, I saw, is that the same one? Is it? It's two that's, different videos. Okay. Yep. Cause you had to move to get it back in a better spot and then exactly. the one yeah. where austin killed that double hooked turkey that's the craziest the double spurs yeah really? down in oklahoma yeah oh, the wow. sad part about that is i had the main camera but he thought there was two birds coming in and so i just turned the gopro on and i never lifted it up the main camera oh. if i would have grabbed the main camera you would have got to see that bird up close and personal mm-hmm. and then get smoked it just, you know, like we talked about, having bringing a camera along to hunt is it just it's a whole different challenge. Mm-hmm. Right. I also, I mean, I'll admit it, dude. I had had the camera in my lap whenever we doubled up on them Jakes too in Oklahoma. Right. So it's it's not easy, and uh, you know, anybody that says it is hasn't done it. Right. Yeah. No kidding. And and or done it long enough. That's. <laughs> That's one thing. Whenever we go to Kansas, I figure Dusty and Lowell probably go together, and me and you will go together. And I'm gonna take my gun, but I'm gonna lay it in my lap, and then if if one bird's coming in, I'm just gonna film you, and if two birds come in, I'm gonna have you shoot yours, and then I'm gonna pull up and shoot mine, <laughs> yeah. because that's the plan. <laughs> well, right, that's the plan. But I'm I'm hoping that. Because if, if you shoot yours and then that one goes and, and pecks at at the dead one, then hof- hopefully that's how it works and then I can shoot mine. And I'm just going to leave my camera on the tripod and then hopefully that bird will be in frame. But even if it's not in frame, it's not that big of a deal as excuse me as long as I get the first one. Cause so you guys are all going to Kansas? Yeah. 
and we should at least get video of some nice country. Yeah. Because I've been out there scouting for coyotes. Okay. And we drove for five hours and met one car. Met two cars. And we left at 6.30 in the morning. We met a girl come to school, and then we drove about another 15 minutes and saw a surveyor that was there from Texas. It wasn't even a Kansas resident. And we drove for five hours after that, and we never even saw one person. Wow. Never met a vehicle. Well, I mean, if anybody's ever driven through Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most, people, of, well, most of people stay on yes. 70 just so they can get through yeah, it. Yeah, a lot of people hate it, and I love it. You yeah. like that? Yeah, it's it's just, it's country. I mean, there's nobody. And, and where we drove, uh, there was a town at the end of this road, but we were in a car. We took the car for gas mileage. So we head down this road, and it starts getting a little bit muddy, a little ruddy, and we're almost to this town, and it's showing on a map, this GPS. I got a Garmin GPS, and it's showing the name of this town. I can't remember the name of it. But we're thinking, we're almost there. The t- the road going out has to be better than the one coming in, or nobody would be able to get to the town. So we kept driving. Pretty soon, we're probably a quarter mile from the town, and there's a rut in the road two foot wide, two foot deep. So my buddy Tim was with me. He got out and he picked up a flat rock. He made a bridge. <laughs> he put some more rocks up on top of it so we could drive the car across. So we make it to town and we get up there and there's no houses in this town. The town was old. The railroad tracks, you could see they used to be there. They're gone. There's not even a foundation there. Oh, wow. And the road on the other side is worse, but we, we didn't know that. And we thought it couldn't be worse. So we tried the other road, <laughs> and we saw some beautiful country. <laughs> but boy, we barely made it. And, and when you're out there, you're like, "Who do I call? And how do I tell them where I'm at?" Yeah. Because you're, you're. It's in a desolate area. We got to see some trumpeter swans and some coyotes, and and we had a good time. But it was kind of iffy if we was going to get out of there or not. Did you uh, see any turkeys on your way out there? We saw several groups of. 60 or more turkeys which i don't see around here anymore wow. uh, i haven't for a while and uh, we saw several uh there's some rios and some hybrids and we saw some easterns too you know so we got to see everything and it looked like they had a real good turkey turkey population in certain parts of the state that's good that's really good to hear especially since you guys are about to make your way up there when are yeah. you guys going uh the 21st week. It's, it's the 21st of april uh, that's coming up yep yeah yeah, so I go to work Thursday night, and then I work for seven days, and then the day I get off, we're headed to Kansas, and then I'm, we're going to be out there for five days, and then I'll be home for two days that I'm off, that hopefully I can kill my Missouri bird, and then uh, and then I got to go to work again, but then it that I'm on a rotating shift, so it's like two on, two off. So I'll have some opportunities to hunt some weekends and some opportunities to hunt some weekdays, but Well that that'll be cool, you know, just getting going to kick off the turkey season here. I, I kinda got a little spoiled this last weekend. Uh took a couple youth hunters. We talked about that on the last episode. You couldn't ask for a better weekend yeah. to take some <laughs> kids because the weather was perfect. And it seemed like the turkeys were doing what turkeys should be doing the, in the spring. From the footage, it was the perfect hunt. I mean, you got to watch him fly down. 
You got to watch him strut. You got to watch him gobble. You got to watch hens chase each other around and, and him strut to him. And for like probably five or 10 minutes. And then he came to 30 yards and then he sh- got shot. And the kids were all excited. I mean, you couldn't, it was a picture perfect hunt, literally. Yep. Yep. And uh, by the time this podcast airs, I imagine people will have already seen the video. But, uh, you really can't put it into words on what type of hunt that was. And it was a real special hunt, really, because yeah. I'd never been on a hunt quite like that. And for them boys to have that as their first turkey hunt ever. Right. They're hooked. Oh. They're hooked. They're, yeah. they're turkey hunters now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if I had any doubts, I'm definitely a turkey hunter now. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was incredible. You know, uh, this is probably the first podcast that we've ever gone seven minutes deep and not introduced our guest so yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh hey thanks for jumping on man uh could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself yeah howard owen i'm from middletown missouri uh travis is my son he's one of the five seven three years <laughs> and uh i'm there's nothing special about me i just like to hunt and turkey hunting is one of my favorites uh i coyote hunt with hounds and turkey hunt that's my two favorite things well travis has told me a lot about your guys' adventures in the turkey woods and there's no doubt in my mind that you guys have had years of experience hunting whether it be you know coyote hunting with dogs or or turkey hunting it's that's why we were so intrigued to have you on because there's probably a lot of perspective that you could bring to us younger hunters that maybe we kind of overlook or you know take for granted sometimes and so that's why we had you come on. We're we're really excited to have you on. So we appreciate you. you joining us. Yeah, we I, I raised three boys and uh the first one, you're anxious to get him in the woods, so I think I might have taken him before he was a year old, you know, to first turkey season. Every year I'd take him and he couldn't sit still or he'd be crying. And finally I decided eight years old, that's when he could sit still and, and he killed a bird. And so the other boys, they didn't get the opportunity till they were eight because it was. I felt Lowell like screwed it up. Yeah, Lowell screwed <laughs> it up for everybody. But uh, at eight years old, if anybody's got kids, get them in the woods. I mean, I remember just squirrel hunting with my dad, and my dad wasn't much of a hunter. He 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 deer hunted and squirrel hunted with a twenty two rifle, and we went and sat on a hill. We didn't see a squirrel, but we saw a blue jay, and and that something about that sticks in my mind you know so get the kids in the woods that's i recommend it highly well seeing how you've got three boys and you've taken them all turkey hunting and they seem to enjoy it because i see them turkey hunt every single year is there any tips or tricks that you know when you're first taking a kid out what to do what not to do to keep them interested in hunting and get them hooked i don't know uh uh my boys, by waiting until they were eight, every year wanted to go. So by the time I gave them a chance to go, they wanted to be there. Lowell, Lowell wanted to, too, and he got to start early. But uh, the main thing is, I think, keep them close where you can talk quietly, give them directions to what's going on, tell them to quit moving their arm, whatever you got to tell them, and, uh, and tell them – don't get worried about missing, if, you know, preparing for that because they're going to miss a turkey. Um, to me, I never have had a bad turkey hunt. I've had a lot of hunts where I didn't hear turkeys, didn't see turkeys, didn't ki- I've missed them, you know. Uh, 
But they're all good. If you're out there and you're turkey hunting, it's a lot better than working. Yeah, you ain't kidding, man. <laughs> that That's right. Um, I have to agree with you on that, too, because I don't think I've ever had a bad bad day turkey hunting. <laughs> There's been some days we got frustrated or whatever. Or, you know, I've gotten frustrated, but I never looked back and I was like, that was a bad turkey hunt, but... There's definitely some times where tensions run high. Yeah, I did have a turkey hunt where tensions ran high. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, Travis uh, you cared, yeah, was you helping cared me out. <laughs> and uh, I, the turkey was on top of a bluff. The, the, the bluff was not straight up and down, but it was pretty steep. And I had, we, the turkey hung up. And so we had I, split up is what happened. I, yeah, and yeah. you had circled around. And gotten on top of the bluff. Well, hold on now, Travis. You let him tell his version now. <laughs> well, all right. Don't let it. All right. The reason we split up, it. the turkey hung up at the top of the bluff. And he was standing up there gobbling. And I couldn't get a shot. Couldn't see him. So I decided, or we decided, I don't remember how that worked, to climb the hill. So I get up there, and the turkey had wandered back. So I made a couple calls, and he'd come back. And I could see his head is between the forks of a little tree and that's all I could see. And I thought about shooting. I thought, well, I think I can get him to move. And about that time I see Travis and he's kind of on the edge of the bluff scaling around toward me. He's wanting to get in on action. And I know the turkey's just like 15 yards away from me. I'm just waiting for him to stick his head out. So I give Travis a motion with two fingers, my index finger and my middle finger. I'm like, <laughs> it meant sit down. And shut up. <laughs> and I think he thought it I meant... I took it as, come here. Yeah. <laughs> There's two birds. There's two birds. Get here now. Right. So he keeps moving, and he comes a little closer, and then a rock falls. And I was trying to make it realistic. You know, hen scratching. <laughs> yeah. I think he thought a hen was throwing rocks, and, and he took it as, she don't want me, and he left. And so, you know, I, I wasn't mad. But I was frustrated. Yeah, sure. frustrated or <laughs> aggravated at the situation. So we moved again. And All right, now let me tell my side. Oh, yeah, of that. yeah. All right, so dad had circled around and, and taken a shallower uh, ramp up to the top of this bluff, and he had gotten there before I had. So I'm scaling this bluff, and I'm slowly crawling up, and I hear this bird, and I was like, man, I'm just going to peek over this bluff. And I get up there, and dad's already sitting there aiming his gun, and. I figured, you know, he's leaned up against a tree or whatever, and I can hear the bird, but I was like, I, you know, I, there was some humps of dirt up there, and I was like, I should be behind those, and it should be all right. So th then Dad does this two-finger gesture, which I was like, I'm not real sure what he's meaning by this. I don't know if he wants me to come here or, or get down or what. So I... I start crawling over there a little bit, and sure enough, a rock comes loose under my foot, and then the turkey takes off, and Dad's face is a little red. <laughs> <laughs> and then we we go to the next one, which go on ahead. Well, we set up and and, and we called, and, and and this is like an unbelievable day as far as how we called in like eight birds how things can go wrong wow. i've never you know i've had things go wrong one time but never never three times three times it seemed like it was four times to me but uh, it, yeah we'll tell the story and we'll count it but yeah. uh, <laughs> we sat down 
and two birds come, and they come in around no, it's three. It's okay, three they, times they come behind on Travis's side. They come on the far side of Travis from where I was, and I was kind of waiting for him to get close enough to me, and boom, Travis got his, and they left. and And I was thinking that we was gonna maybe double up. So <laughs> that that didn't make me mad. But it wasn't what I was expecting either, you know. So we had his bird. So then, and then we we stashed that bird because we we were on our way back to the truck, and we heard some more turkeys. So we got to talking, and we decided, you know what, we'll just leave this turkey right here, and we'll go get Dad one. So actually, that happened first. Thing and they in the were Jakeson, so that didn't matter as much. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was it was just a. I shot it because it was a quick, one of those quick decisions. They had kind of came through the brush, and I knew they were, I knew they were males, but and they were just real big-bodied birds, mm-hmm. um, real tall, and and so I assumed that they were a tom, which I, you know, that's what I get for assuming. But uh, it had turned, it had got to the edge of the field, turned around real quick, and started back through the brush, and so I shot, killed that one. We stashed that bird. Then the one on the bluff happened. And yes. then we got back, to, like, real close to where I had shot that Jake. Now, wait a second. Are you forgetting? We call it the Mushroom Woods. Remember? Right. Yeah. So that's that's right next to where we yeah. I just killed that Jake. So we, we heard those birds up there. So we move up to the Mushroom Woods. And we're right on the edge of the Mushroom Woods. And there's a fence line that kind of runs through there. And then it's like. I don't know, just some, uh, I mean, there's there's some shrubs and stuff in there, but it's pretty pretty flat, and, and uh, at this time of the year, it was starting to leave out a little bit, so you couldn't really see all the way through it, but you, you could see probably, I don't know, 30 yards, 40 yards at the max, probably, and uh, but we, we were right at the edge, and we were looking for a place to sit down, and we hear these birds coming. And so we sit down real quick, but I'm not, I'm not in a very, you know, good position to film. And dad, I, what did you even end up leaning against? It was like maybe a sapling or something. It was, it was not a very good setup. No, it was, that was the problem. And, and I should have had that bird. That was completely my fault for not pulling the trigger, but I was trying to make sure you got to see it. It's probably 20 or 30 yards from me. And I'm just waiting to hear a shot. I was like, oh boy, any second. And then all of a sudden I hear, and I was like, oh no. And then I hear a shot. And yeah, I shot at him running away. Yep. And, and it was the second bird. And then we got up and then we're both like kind of red faced, just frustrated. Cause like, we don't, we don't usually bust birds. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, and, and I don't know. It, it was just, one of those real humbling experiences because, I mean, usually when Dad and I go out, you know, it, usually we always get one bird, but a lot of the times we've doubled up a few times. Yeah, it's and, it's, it's harder. Like we were talk, talking earlier about the camera. When you get a camera involved and you're trying to get him on camera or if you're trying to double, you're adding another element to it that makes it harder. And I could have killed by myself that day. I would have killed four birds. Right. <laughs> yeah, but, if you wanted to. But I didn't kill any. Right. And you didn't, you killed one. I killed one, but we, and 
so after those three birds took off, we were real down. Yes. And so we walked over to where my turkey was laying, and I picked it up, and we started back to the truck, and we're like halfway back to the truck. And we are frustrated because I'm like not even waiting for you, and I'm <laughs> walking like <laughs> a quarter mile in front of you. And at this point, I'm just like, well, whatever. I got. I killed a bird. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm happy, whatever. And then we're like, we we get real close to the truck, like we can see it. I'm at the truck, and and I hear that, and we hear, bird. and I, and it was the same. Turns out, I, I'm pretty sure that's the same bird that we busted on that bluff, because that bird that we busted on that bluff headed that direction. So we set my bird at the truck, and we walk all the way back in, and we get up there, and uh, and this I've. I've ki- we've killed a lot of birds on this uh it, it's not a bluff but it's a just a real steep hill and uh just a high rise right just a there's there's two real tall hills and I've sat on both of them and had birds come down and then they come right back up and it's like you get them almost every time well we're sitting there and I've got my phone out videoing just ready ready for action and uh I hear this bird gobble, and then all of a sudden he he stays quiet for a couple minutes, and he came around the edge of a tree. I never did see him, but he came around the edge of a tree, and Dad could see him, and he thought he was going to come in closer and strut and gobble for us or whatever, and we could get it on camera, and it was like he got there and he didn't see a hen immediately and he was already sketched out because we busted him earlier and he just vanished. Yeah, he was coming probably, he was probably 40 yards coming toward me and the way he was headed, he he went behind a tree and I think he was a little call shot. We, we had caused that from earlier in, that morning, yeah. yeah. And I could have shot him right there and probably killed him, but I was waiting for more of a for sure shot. And he never came out from behind that tree, and and he didn't putt, no alarm putt to it. Yeah, he just he, he just left. disappeared, and he saw something he didn't like, you know, or yeah. didn't see what he was looking for. Yeah. Either way, I mean, frustrations aside, sounds like a great day. Oh yeah, it was fun, woods. memorable. Yeah, very memorable. <laughs> I think it, it's kind of funny. I saw something on social media the other day. There's definitely an art to turkey hunting, and there was these. Uh, it was like ten dumb mistakes. For turkey hunters stand when you should sit sit when you should walk walk when you should leave leave when you should stay call when you should shut up <laughs> shut up when you should call shoot when you should wait wait then wait when the turkey is leaving fish when you should hunt <laughs> <laughs> and sleep in when it rains when you should get wet yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a lot. a lot of truth to that especially so, thunderstorms i don't know like i feel like if it's just raining, turkeys don't really gobble. But during an actual thunderstorm, I do hear them gobble. And I've gotten soaked before, but I killed turkeys in the rain. How old were you whenever you guys went on this hunt? Oh, no, that wasn't very long ago. That was like a year or two ago, okay. bro. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess it was two or three now, thinking back. Because last year, we didn't hunt together, I don't think. I was like, never going to hunt with you again. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, no it's lesson. Yeah, yeah, man. We go on a 10-year hot streak, and you mess up one time. <laughs> yeah, I think it was year before last. Yeah. Hey, we can't be perfect, Travis. Yeah, it was know? two or three years ago, and uh, I just remember walking back, and 
I was like, man, this is the first time I think I've seen dad so frustrated while turkey hunting. <laughs> I think this is, uh, you know, a good talking point is in, you know, we're always trying to teach people what to do to kill a turkey. I think you should take the last 10, 15 minutes and uh, what you should not do to kill a turkey. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, one thing you should not do is if you're – if somebody – gives you the two finger thing they're not doing air quotes they're telling you to sit down and shut up <laughs> <laughs> yeah and definitely communicate with your hunting partner about what those hand signals are going to yeah, look like before right. you go yeah because i've been involved in other hunts where i'm thinking and i wish i knew hand signals because i'd like to, well we had another story me and travis oh you remember uh walking the the the, the uh, terraces? terraces yes yeah. uh-huh yeah, no, you I can tell it. that story better than I can, probably. Right, so we got out to this place, and there's, there's a, we get up to the edge of the, this field because we hear some birds, and there's a there's a field, and then there's a, a drainage ditch that's all grown up, and uh, I think maybe there's a fence line in there, and then there's a, a terraced field, and there's three toms strutting out in the middle of this terraced field, and so we we called to them, called to them, and they weren't gonna move. And then, uh, and so we moved down, uh, there was a creek bottom that took us all the way around and we ended up finding mushrooms. We ended up finding sheds. We saw some gophers, like saw just, it was a pretty cool morning, but we had, we had called while we're going around this bend, hoping that these turkeys are going to come closer, but they were just in their strutting zone. They weren't really going to move. And we ended up working our way all the way throughout the morning it it was like probably 9 nine thirty. we had worked our way all the way around this terrace field to the back side of it and uh i i got to we didn't hear anything didn't hear anything and a, a hawk screeched and all those toms gobbled at once and i was like man i was like what do you think you think we can just walk up this terrace field and then whenever we get to the top we'll just kind of peek over the edge and they should be you know within bear you know or i guess at the maximum it'd be like 60 yards and uh dad's like yeah we can try that so we we walked up this terrace field and we get it's the last terrace before we're going to be able to see over and i was <laughs> i was closer to this the to the edge of the of the terrace so i didn't have to stand up very far to to see over it and dad was on the other side of the terrace so he was doing more of the the uh what I they call in uh, like um, they call cutting the cake on like if you're in a doorway and there's an intruder or whatever the further you stand back in the room if you peek around you're just barely you're you're getting a a tiny sliver more each time you know it's hard to explain uh, not being in person but your view your view of your, the turkey yeah your view of the turkey you're instead of peeking over and your whole head's over you're you're peeking if you're back in the room peeking around a doorway you're just barely seeing a little bit more at a time so you're shifting your body and your head equally to the left or the right right so instead of so if you're standing right on the edge of a doorway and you peek your head around the doorway you can see the whole room but you're also putting yourself out there like and out of position right out of position and and more viewable exposed. yeah more exposed and with cutting the cake if you're 10 foot back from a doorway 
and you just are easing into this doorway, you're just barely getting, you're cutting the cake. You're getting a little sliver more the further you move out. And if there's somebody on the other side, you know, they might catch a quarter of your face instead of you peeking your whole head out. Right. So dad's cutting the cake on the other side of this terrace and, and, but he has to stand up real tall to be able to see over it. And so I'm, and I'm crouched down on the edge of this terrace. So I barely peek up, but I've got half of my head exposed and I see these three times and they're like 20, 30 yards. Oh, wow. And I get down real quick (laughs) and I look at dad, I'm all wide eyed and I, I went, I, I held up three. I, I put. I said three of them. And I put my hand out flat and motioned to get down. And I don't know what I thought he said, but that's where we need to learn hand signals. <laughs> right. I didn't think he said three. I, I I said there's three of them, and I made my hand flat and motioned to get down, and then put my hand straight up in the air flat and motioned to come to me. And so I thought and, that meant peek over the top and, and see what's over there. And dad, <laughs> dad gets on his tippy toes and a tur- turkey necks out. And he, he's looking over it. And then I could see the second that his eyeballs locked onto him. And then he crouches real quick and he, he says, they're right there. <laughs> and, and I'm sitting here thinking, I know. <laughs> and uh, so he had, uh, at the time, he had traded a gun for uh, – or bought a gun. It was a really nice, like decorative uh, Browning 12 gauge with the gold trigger, and it was ambidextrous. It had the ambidextrous safety on the back, and the shell shot out of the bottom. Uh, and it was a really cool modeled gun, but it did not. It, the fit for Dad was not right. Um, and and <laughs> so we're sitting there, and he pulls up his gun, and I'm thinking. Oh no, you know, I haven't even I haven't even picked out a bird yet. And he shoots and I see I mean he feathers on this turkey just rip everywhere and the turkey flies straight up in the air. And I was like, I don't you know, I pulled up and I smoked it out of the air. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Pops. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Pops. Like, I, I'm sorry. And it's like calling a waterfowl shot, you know what I mean? That's right, my duck. Right. <laughs> and and then Dad looks over and there's another turkey standing right next to him, so he he smokes that one. But it was, it was just a weird, kind of a crazy hunt. It just only turkey I've ever shot out of the air for sure, for sure. But it was, and then we got home and we shot that shotgun, and it was like, it was, it was, I mean, at 20 yards, it was several, the center was several inches off of where he was aiming. Yeah, if I'd have known how the gun worked, I could have probably used it for a club and got the turkey. (laughs) Or thrown it. (laughs) Speaking of, you remember that turkey that I did club? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So You you could run a lot faster than that. Oh, man, and I had a cold, too. So we had went into this place I just got permission on. Sorry to do another rambling story. No, hey, this (laughs) is what it's all about, sharing turkey stories. That's... So we had, I had gotten this new permission and, uh, we got out there and I, I had hunted. It was, it was the first Turkey season that I just remember being like unusually hard. And, uh, I had hunted this bird before and he would quadruple and, and I guess cup tuple gobble like every day on the roost. He would just, Oh, 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 he was hot. Just, he was hot every morning. But, but if you called to him, 
Like it was like as soon as he flew down, he he was gone and he he'd go to his strutting ground, which was not on this piece of property. I knew where it was, but it wasn't on a place that I could get permission on. And uh and I messed up cuz the first day I hunted him, I uh I went down in the in the creek bottom. And th- there was a bluff and then the tree that he was in and I had set up in that bottom hoping he'd fly down maybe across the creek and then come up to me well he always flew down on that bluff and then he'd he'd leave out of there so that morning we get there and we hear this one bird gobble and uh he's kind of he's he's pretty hot but then cup tuple gobbles and he's a lot closer and the other bird that we had been talking to just just quit he he didn't he wasn't talking to us anymore, so uh, I we packed up and and I was like, we need to get on top of this bluff because if we're not on top of the bluff, we're not gonna we're nothing's gonna happen. So we get up there and uh, and we're kind of along the bluff from him. Like uh, if the bluff runs east and west, we were west of him and. I was looking right at the tree because that's where, you know, I expected this bird to come from. And, well, of course, he flies down to the north. And he starts circling around us. And he, the, I just remember there was, there was a shooting lane that there wasn't too much brush. And there was brush on the right and brush on the left. It was like a two-foot wide shooting lane. I just remember seeing him in full strut and he just zigzagged. And I'd, I'd catch him for a couple seconds, and he'd walk through that shooting zone, and he'd just be closer every time. Well, he was at about 40, 45 yards, and this is the last week of the season, and I hadn't killed a bird yet. And so I'm stressing. And uh, and I also had pulled my shotgun, and I'm holding it, you know, 90 degrees off to my left. So my – You're in bad position. I'm in a bad position. My, my hands are starting to get shaky. And uh, he's at about 40 yards, and I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm, I think I can kill him right there. So I pull the trigger, and he falls over, and I was like, sweet. And so I stand up real quick, and the bird stands up. And I was like, oh, no. And Dad said, he ain't hurting too bad. You better get after him. <laughs> so I take off running, and uh, he, he ran through another little clearing, and I shot, and I shot over him. All the leaves above him just disintegrated, and – I take off running after him again, and I trip, get back up, you know, <laughs> ate shit, get back up, and there's a there's a rectangular field, and he runs kind of uh, through the corner, at like I don't know, just just cuts the corner, and I pull up, and he's you know once again about 45, 50 yards, and I shot, and I see feathers off his back just explode, and at this point I'm out of shells. You know, I, I have no more ammunition on me because at that point I had never shot more than three times. You know, I've never I at that point I had probably never shot more than two times. And so I take off after him again. I get into the wood line and I'm looking around. And I don't see him. And all of a sudden I see a bush kind of bouncing back and forth like something had bumped it. Mm. And so I take off running over there and I get and he was laying down right on the other side of that bush. He was just trying to hide and dove on it and all i i got my hand in its in its uh tail and i grabbed on as tight as i could and he stood up and ripped like 
probably a quarter of the his fan feathers out. Oh my goodness! And and so I get I you know throw myself up again and, and take off after him again. There was a, a tree that had fallen down. It had a big old Y in it, and he went through that Y, and I jumped. You know, uh, oh, just like you would a jump in a, a fence or you know a bleacher fence or whatever. I put one hand on on the tree and just hopped over it and landed right on top of him. And he started flogging me and spurring me. And I I crawled up to the top top of him to where I could get a hold of his head. And I wrapped his head around my hand and and yanked. And I was I had like a severe cold at the time. And I am out of breath because this is like a 300 yard chase, 400 yard chase, and uh, and or meter, I guess rather, and I'm breathing so heavy. I've got, I'm congested. And, uh, so I'm just sitting there laying down on the ground and dad comes walking up and he's like, man, I'm glad it was you and not me. He's like, I don't think I could have kept up with him. (laughs) That is doing whatever it takes to make sure you don't leave a wounded animal out in the woods. But the same thing at the same time, Folks out there, do not try this at home. Yeah, no, I wouldn't recommend throwing your gun. And, uh, well, finally I get, you know, all gathered up and, and Dad and I are kind of talking about it or whatever and getting ready to head back. And I'm still breathing heavy cause, and congested. And I was like, man, at least Dad can, you know, either carry my gun or carry the bird, help me help me out because I'm exhausted. You know, that just whooped me. And, uh all, at that second, we just hear, and the it was that first bird we had called to, and he was like one hill over, and Dad's like, I'm going to go after this bird. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. So I'm walking through the woods, and, and they're pretty, it's a pretty uh, unmanicured wood. So there's there's deadfall in there all over, and, and washed out creeks and stuff so i'm having to throw the bird across creeks and then get down and then climb back up and i'd have come back for him yeah i i got back to the to the car and and uh i was i was happy to be done with that hunt <laughs> but that was a good one that, that that reminds me of i come back to the car and you're sick and laying in there uh austin Oberhaus, i took him hunting the turkey slayer. Yeah, the turkey yeah, slayer. The turkey slayer. And uh, <laughs> it, I think it might have been his first bird, but um, it it was hanging up. We couldn't get it to do anything. And Dusty had been hunting with me. Dusty's my middle son, and he had been hunting with us. But he hunted on the other side of the road, and Austin and I, we would not give up on this bird. And so we finally decided Austin would sneak in. I would keep it gobbling. So I'd call, and it'd answer me every time. And every time it would gobble, he'd take a few steps. And uh, so we, we finally we get it. It's about 1 o'clock. Austin kills it. We go back to the truck. Dusty's sleeping in there, and the windows are up, and it's gotten hot. And, I mean, he is soaking wet from sweating. He was sleeping right through it. Uh, are you was, talking about Travis? No, I'm talking, talking about, about Dusty? Dusty. Oh, okay. On a different trip. But Travis getting sick and going back and sleeping in the car. It makes me wonder if I'm just a diehard and my sons are kind of. <laughs> <laughs> they just can't handle it. Yeah, they it, just can't you know? hang. But no. Uh, Give them a few years. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like I said, turkey hunting, it gets in your. It, it, it's something about it just 
it, it's uh, addicting. Oh, um, it is. It's an addictive. Yeah, the first time I ever went, uh, an old man took me, and it was in probably the middle seventies. There wasn't a lot of people. You know, I'd never heard anybody talk about turkey hunting before, and he had a box call. We went, we set, we called. We didn't, we didn't get a turkey. Nothing exciting, but I just kind of thought it was cool, you know. And he kept talking about hearing these turkeys gobble, and that's going to get you going. And I didn't hear the gobbles, and I still kind of got interested. So I went home and got me a call, and uh, I remember I walked. It would have been two miles. I walked from our house where I lived as a kid, and I walked clear out to Highway 61 and calling, trying to get a turkey. I didn't know what I was doing, but I had permission to hunt everywhere back then. So I come out to a little blacktop road that that ran into 61 Highway, and uh, I was like, man, I don't know these people very well, but I'm going to just stop and see if I can use their phone and call my mom, see if she'll come get me. So I stopped, and. So they let me, they had me come in. They was giving me donuts and cookies. And, <laughs> this and, turkey thing is all right. right. Yeah, they were an old retired no couple. No wonder you got intrigued. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were an old retired couple, and they love kids. And and uh, he said, you know, I don't know much about turkey hunting, but he said, I've got a friend. His name's Leroy Browngart. He was the 1972 National Turkey Calling Champion. He said, I, where I work, he said, he come in there and, he gave me this album, and it was old, like a record player. Al, uh, uh, oh, what was the big ones called? You know, it wasn't a little forty-five. It was a, the uh, an album. Anyway, you put it on this. He put it on his stereo, and he started playing it. And it was Leroy Browngart giving instructions on, here's the mating call, here's the key key run, and, and here's the cackle. And then he, he on the other side of the record, you, you'd turn it over, and it told you know, how to set up on turkeys and uh, how turkeys work. You know, I, I want to say how they think, but it, it's more of uh, how how a turkey acts. And, uh, man, he gave me that record. And I took it home, and I wore it out. I listened to it going to sleep at night. I, I listened to it waking up in the morning, and I just played it all the time. And I'd practice with my calls. And uh, I went out, and I set up on a turkey and, and now looking back on it he was too far away for me to really be trying to call with uh, any confidence but he flew across the creek and he came to me and he come within about 30 40 yards and i missed him that was my first turkey but i don't even remember the first one i killed you remember the first one i remember the first one i called and it meant so much to me you know yeah and so uh that's how i got hooked no nobody really hooked hooked me up except for that old man and we had an unsuccessful hunt in a lot of people's eyes but uh leroy browngart taught me what he knew you know uh, and he he didn't even know me yeah. but um it was really a, a unique deal and then i think uh, it may not have been the first turkey but a, a hunt shortly after that i heard a turkey and he was over a mile away and uh i ended up taking my shoes off so I could be quieter and walking barefooted for about a mile and then crawling through the leaves and stuff and I crawled up behind a log and I could see the turkey and I made one call and he gobbled and I shot him I mean that was (laughs) one of the he can sneak on him yeah that's one of the first turkeys and now I won't hardly shoot one if he don't put on a show I'm just into the show I, I want him to gobble strut come to me 
And uh, if they don't do that, I'm not in, I'm not interested in shooting them off the roost. I'm not interested in shooting a turkey that I didn't call. Uh, I just got to, you know, pluck him and eat him then, and, and I'm not into that. I'm into the show. And the, the killing him is just the period at the end of the sentence, you know. It's the yeah. final deal. Yeah, and I think people get lost in that a lot of times is it isn't killing, it's hunting. Yep. And it's the experiences you have while you're out in the woods that make this whole thing keep going. And it's conservation, you know, yep. so you can't be greedy. And so what you're doing and you have these years of experience and you've killed a lot of birds, I imagine, in those years. And, and so responsible for a lot more, dying <laughs> <laughs> Between me, Dusty, Lowell, exactly. and Austin, and Matt Rakers, too. Exactly. Which Matt, I guess, hunted before. I don't know. But what I was saying is, is you just, you've gotten to a point in your life where it's not just about killing. It's about hunting and getting the full experience. And I think that's really important takeaway for a lot of our listeners because turkey hunting is really special when you're out there hunting yeah, it and is. not killing. Yep. Um, you know, and you specifically got to see the years where turkey hunting wasn't at its best, where it got to its best, and how it's getting now. So I imagine that plays a part in a lot of your decision-making as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was a time when I had no problem. Uh, I had to just decide where I was going to hunt. It, it, it was more of a decision on, well, do I want to go get that one or this one over here, you know. And now it's more of a, well, I know where there's a bird at, and I have permission there. That That's probably the biggest thing is the permission i had permission everywhere when i was a kid and even to just a few years ago i had permission on a lot of ground and uh now that ground has changed hands and some of that ground has been bought by turkey hunters some of it has been bought by people who don't turkey hunt but they give permission to somebody else so i've lost a lot of area that i used to be able to hunt but i've got some spotted this year i just got to get there before travis yeah, there you go there you go good luck <laughs> i think a common theme in a lot of your guys' stories is using terrain to get in tight with birds and i think that's super important is to build that woodman woodsmanship um to notice what's going to work for you and yep. what's not whether it's using the cover or the terrain do you have any advice on kind of what you would do if you had a turkey in that you were going after, how you would approach it without being seen? You know, uh, I think it's more important than how good you are at calling. I think your setup is is a lot of it, maybe all of it. And I like to be above him. I like, it seems like turkeys will come uphill better than downhill. Um, I don't like to have a river or a creek between me and him or even a, a fence, uh, at least a woven wire fence, you know, um, and a lot of times they'll get up, set up in that strutting zone. So you got to kind of figure out where that is. It depends on what time of the year you're hunting, but there'll be a, a, a certain time of year when he's not going to leave that strutting zone, uh, to come to you. So for me to do it the way I like to do it, which is to see the show and to have the Turkey come to me, I figure out on one day where that strutting zone is. And then I try to get there before he does and then use that to my advantage and, I think I called him in, you know, yeah. but he was coming there anyway, maybe, you know, but, uh, 
Well, I think you can call you want sometimes, and you won't turn a turkey around. That's right. Right. So yep. you got to be in a position where he wants to be. Yep. And and another thing is uh, your route to getting where you want to be. So it yeah you want to end up you want to end up above him, but excuse me. But the best way to get above him isn't always just to walk up the hill. You know, just like we coyote hunt a lot, and and um, when you're running do- uh, coyotes with dogs, you find out how coyotes travel, and they're always going to use low spots because they're not seen by predators, they're not seen by prey, and and it's you can use those low spots as a highway to get where you want to be. That's right. Because as soon as you, you know, that turkey was up there on that bluff, and and it's fairly flat ground once you get up on that bluff, but if we would have walked, you know, from the high side in on him, we wouldn't have even gotten as close as we did. And, and so you got to use those low spots and, and stay out of sight. You know, you don't want to always talk – you. you most of the time you don't want to talk to them until you're in position or you're getting very close to getting in position. And, and so you stay low as long as you can and you get as close as you possibly can to them without busting them, which at that, that day dad had it right. And I had it wrong. I just was trying to get too close too quick. And once you get to that position, then you find a good tree to set up something that's wider than what you are. Cause you don't want to, you don't want to create a silhouette and also saplings they the tops of them if you lean against them they're going to rattle or shake that's going to create movement you're going to have a silhouette that the turkey's going to see a lot easier than if you're leaned up against an old you know a black oak or or a, a, or a red oak if you're leaned up against one of them that's wider than your shoulders then you're you're practically invisible i mean you don't need a blind or, or a bunch of brush in front of you uh, so as soon as, you know, you get set up and you're comfortable, you break off all the twigs or whatever's sticking into you, you know, cause, and, and you know, sometimes I, I take a, take the leaves and I'll sweep them away and you don't have to worry about those leaves making, you know, ratting you out because as soon as you get those leaves raked away and all everything snapped off, you're leaned up against a tree and you're going to call. So that all that does is add to the, the realistic right so in his mind you know you hear sounds and that creates your reality you know so if i hear a turkey up on a hill then in my mind that turkey's probably strutting out in a strutting zone on top of that hill in a field you know probably 20 or 30 yards from the edge of the tree line like they always do and whenever you're in there you snap everything off quietly and then you're raking those leaves away in his mind, he's thinking, you know, there's something over there, and it sounds like it's dragging leaves, which what do turkeys do? They they scratch leaves all the time. So you're scratching these leaves and, you know, try to make it sound like a turkey. But then as soon as you can, which it kind of depends on, on how close you are to the bird too because you don't want him, you know, 50 yards away out in a field and, and you get in there and sweep all these leaves away and, and he sees you sweeping the leaves away. But if there's, you know, 50 yards of, of pretty thick brush and you don't think he can see through there, then, you know, sweep those leaves away and then sit down and, and call. And more times than not, they're probably going to come 
come straight to you. Because one thing that they get a lot is, you know, they hear a hen and then they hear scratching and then they come in and they get shot at. If they survive that, then that's not a good thing. But very rarely does, does the order get switched around. You know, I don't know very many people that go in the woods and, you know, they make their scratches for, you know, they'll scratch a little bit or, or even coming off the roost, you know, shake your hat and hit the leaves or whatever and, and hang out for a little bit and not call. You know, sometimes it's not calling that, that does it for you. And you make, you set up the, the picture in his mind of what's going on over here. And then, you know, after a couple of minutes of, you know, scratching every 20, 30 seconds, then you throw in just a, just a real soft yelp or something. And, and more times than not, I've killed a lot of turkeys by by doing little stuff and soft yelps than I ever have trying to get them fired up and, and talking to them back and forth over and over again, getting them all hyped up. and then But when you get them hyped up, they also think that that hen is going to come to them. So you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. It's exciting, and you get to listen to them gobble, but more times than not, it just assures him that you're more eager than he is. And, and he doesn't have to come to you because you're going to come to him if you're a, a real hen, you know? Yeah. Let nature take its course, and, and you're, you're painting a picture for him to entice him to come in. That's really uh, some good advice there, Travis. I appreciate that because yeah, no sometimes, you know, when you're a good caller, that's what you want to do is you want to call and call and call, and that might not always be the right thing to do. Right. That's kind of what I was trying to teach them boys in, uh, over the weekend about turkey hunting is they just wanted to call and call, especially after, you know, we'd bump a bird or something like that. And I said, you know, that's all you're, all you're doing is educating that bird. Right. To not want to come into a call like yep. that. Yeah. Yeah. If they're running away from you, that's probably not the best time <laughs> to be yelping at them. <laughs> the, the gig is up. He knows yeah. what you are. Or shot at. Right. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. shot at. Yeah. But I've I been hunting with people who call a lot, and and some of them I think of them as good turkey hunters. I don't know. I don't call much. I, I'm maybe I don't call enough. But that's one thing Leroy Browngart had said on his record, and I learned from him. You know, but uh, I don't call very much. And uh, I tell you what, that loud you talked about the loud calling. I call loud when I'm desperate, when I can't get one to gobble. Mm, right. I'm about ready to go home. I'm getting. I'm thinking there's no turkeys here. I call loud. And I've had that work for me. You know, a loud cackle or, or a, a, you know, just, just a yelp. Yeah, a, a mating call, even anything. Maybe it seems like I've been here a million times. I'm not getting anything to answer. I'm about ready to go home, giving it up. And I'm thinking maybe they just didn't hear me. Maybe they're further away. So I call louder, you know. And uh, it hasn't worked very often. <laughs> but it, uh, every once in a while, that loud call will make make one gobble right but it should always be a last ditch effort yeah. kind of a thing and whenever they're real close i always just like like if if they're you know 40 50 yards and they're they're pretty able to they're looking for you and they just need some reassurance to finish you know just come that little bit further i always just like to you 
And that's, you know, just real quiet because if you do it loud at all, I mean, you can get away with it. I'm not saying you're going to push him out, but if you – the softer you can do it at that point, he's going to hear you, you know. You don't have to he's, worry about – He's listening for you. Yeah, yeah, I like to cluck. I like to cluck when I get in there. Yeah. You know, just – just not much at all. Just not a cluck and, and or not a two. cluck. Not not a putt. Not, not to alert. be com- yeah. Not to be confused with a putt because right. that's a totally different right idea. But yeah, no. There's been several times that me and you've been sitting there and you've clucked and it's they've been hung up and then they just finish coming that extra fifty yep. yards or whatever. Yep. Well, I I've uh, certainly learned a lot through this episode of what not to do. Yeah, we could do. teach you that. Yeah. We're good I'll at that. I'll tell you what, we could sit here all night and tell you what not to do. <laughs> now, if you want to kill a turkey, you'll probably have to talk to somebody else. Right. <laughs> all right, well, I'll keep that in mind. But I've really had a great time listening to your guys' stories. And uh, I didn't know if you, you guys had anything that you wanted to discuss before we jumped off here. Uh, cut, cut down hollow trees and uh, – Push out honeysuckle. <laughs> That's all I Travis can Travis has been working on his place. Yeah. Trying to get it right for turkey and wildlife. Yeah, one thing I would would like to add, and I'm, I'm not positive this works, but it sure seems to work. And I don't – I find myself busy during turkey season a lot of times, and I don't get the time to go out in the evenings. But um, I'm going to give you an example, and it's not the only time I did it. But Dusty and I went out one evening, and we were going to roost turkeys, and uh, – we decided to make a couple calls. So we made a couple calls, and this gobbler answers, and he's coming. And, like, we don't even have a gun. So we, we hid behind our stand. We, we had a old wooden deer stand there. And we hid behind that, and he walked right past us. And he's looking, and he's gobbling. And, I mean, we could have killed him so easy. He, he went right past us, and it was dark. They were getting dark, you know. So he was looking for a tree at this point, and he flies up. So the next morning, we got up real early. And we went up there, and for some reason, I got the flu that morning, and I was real sick. Wait a minute now. No, this was the flu. Well, oh, man. <laughs> you know, I'm starting to think, me and my brother's just hardcore hunters, and old dad just, just can't, can't keep handle up. it. <laughs> well, we got in a stand, and I made a call, and that thing gobbled. And about that time, I needed to throw up. And, and I threw up out of the stand, and I told Dusty, I said, I got to get out of here. I'm going to scare him on you. So I sneak out the backside, and Dusty... Had never called a bird, I don't think, before. And I went to the truck, and I remember laying on the hood and throwing up occasionally, but hearing him call, hear the the gobbler answer, and he come like he was on a string. I heard him shoot. Dusty came back. And uh, other times when I've done that in the evening and call them and don't shoot them, but I don't get busted, it seems like they come like they're on a string the next morning. So I'm going to do a little experiment i want to get involved in trying to do that and see if it works every time because it is fun it's funny you say that too because i tend to do that i call when i know there's a turkey in the area and i know i'm in a position where i might be hunting the next day i'll i'll do a few yelps nothing crazy just to get him to respond know i'm there and i back out and hopes that he's got that on his mind for the next morning to come that way and that's kind of what i did over the weekend for the hunt the youth hunt so and it worked out in my favor but mm. a lot of and, and it happened last year too when i self-filmed that bird i did that as well that was a different story though i coyote howled i owl hooted crow called 
doing anything to spark a, a gobble. And I'm like, you know what, last-ditch effort, I'm going to yelp. I did yelp, and I pinpointed that bird and got set up on him in the next morning and was able to capitalize. Hmm. So I'm not saying you should get carried away with it. I'm sure Howard's not saying that either. But that gonna, is something that's we've noticed has been working. Yeah, I'm going to try it. I've never done it before. Yeah, and uh, I think – Were you? did you say you were in a, a tree stand or a blind? Uh, yeah, that's – I imagine our time's getting short here, but it was a uh, tree stand at one time, and it had gotten old, and I'd cut the legs out of it and let it back on the ground. So it's oh, okay. it's just so three it's foot ground. tall uh, walls and a roof over the top of it, and it sat there year round. And so the turkeys were used to it, you know. And so yeah, that's what we used to hunt out of. And that way, Dusty was still pretty young, and it hid most of his body. And I found with kids, you know, you need to hide as much of their body as you can so that they're not you know oh, busted yeah. yep yep because i mean it's inevitable for a kid to want to move at least to take a look or yep. you know i know for me if i'm in a bad position for a while and i my legs numb and tingling or something ain't feeling good i'm gonna want to move and when i was a kid i'd move a whole lot more yep. to feel more comfortable than i would now yeah but this is this has been a really fun one travis I, i'm glad we could get you on howard it's it's been good talking to you and getting your perspective about turkey hunting and listening to your guys' stories. Um, I'm really excited for opening day next week. and I think we all are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that this one can be a record year for us on the 573. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we'll probably be getting together in the near future too, maybe do some turkey hunting or something along those lines. I think that would be really fun. Hopefully we got some more successful turkey yeah. hunt stories we can tell you how to get one and not <laughs> yeah. how to miss one yeah i don't know I, it there's definitely uh we talk about our failures more than we talk about our successes but i think it's just you learn more uh, from your failures right you really do yeah yeah, yeah there, i mean there's been a lot of times that we just set up in the right place and the turkeys did the exact right thing and they came right in and we shot them and and or doubled up or or whatever but but you know they always humans in general uh a negative memory always sticks more than it it i read a psychology uh deal that it was a it's a five to one ratio you remember uh one bad or quote unquote bad memories stick one in five good memory stick and one of one bad memory stick so so one bad experience sticks out more than one in five good experiences right okay so it's it's just i mean and and you know we have a lot of good turkey memories that we've you know like i said we've killed a lot of birds and and we've had a lot of good times but the the times where it almost doesn't work out it's always more fun than the time that it's just a slammed i mean there's times that We've set up, and the bird flew right down and came running into the end of our barrels, and we smoked him, and he rolled, you know, rolled towards us because he was running so fast at us. And and those are fun too. Don't get me wrong, but those those hard hunts, you know, the where you have to go through some challenges. It, it's always it's always more rewarding. Yeah, the turkeys that came in on a string. When I would call for the boys, the boys have to tell me. 
remember that one that we did, you know, we got here or, or whatever? Because I, I really don't remember them uh, until they talk, they give me a place. And, and then, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that one, you know. But if they say, remember that one I missed or remember that time that yeah. <laughs> you, you told me to sit down and I <laughs> dropped the rock off the bluff. Yeah, you know, I, it, it's a, a prime example. The ones that work on a string, I love it. That's what I go for. But that's not the ones I remember. That's kind of strange. Which is weird, yeah. Well, good or bad, right or wrong, the decisions we make, we learn from. And that's how we do it on the 573. So I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to this episode. Um, We're getting really excited about turkey season. We wish you all the luck going forward for the rest of the year. We'll have some other episodes coming out here in the near future. We'll see you on the next one.